Hello and welcome to the Rookie Numbers podcast. Uh, a podcast where we discuss tech and gaming news because we like to. My name is Aman and I am Neelak. And we've got a great week for you. We've got a lot of news about uh Apple again this week and somehow a lot of EA and random shit happening in the Microsoft side of things. Well, Apple is calling for a fight with a lot of people, I guess. Apple has been I think let's just start with that topic then, huh? Okay, let's get on with Apple. So, for the uninitiated, Epic essentially just used Fortnite to wage a war against Apple as well as Google's Play Store and App Store. And the reason for that is Fortnite gives users an option to basically choose if they want to pay through Apple Pay or if they want to play pay through an external platform. So if you want to pay through something else like PayPal or something like that, you can pay through that or you can pay through uh, Apple Pay. And the same applies on the Google side of things. According to Apple that lies against or um yeah that lies against their values or something or their terms of service say that you can't so do that. So what they say is so how they framed it is they do this so that it's a very sanitized platform and you can't be scammed basically. But what they are actually doing is they're taking 30% off every purchase and that is where the issue lies. So like most normal companies with profit to gain nobody wants to give away 30% of their revenue to just a payment provider where other payment providers that are third party and are more usable across multiple platforms take only about 3% of the entire sales cut so 30% is obnoxiously high regardless of i feel regardless of that the whole point lies wherein epic has their own platform through which they take their payment where they don't need to pay royalty to exactly like anybody that big at least steam as well takes a lot of royalty but then again when epic does it themselves they have much lesser royalty because they're doing it through their own epic store yeah and in fact epic in general has lower roy- uh, royalty for other games as well on their platform that was something that they tried to tout as one of their um, big selling points against steam but coming back to topic here uh, epic is now um, ready with a complete legal case against apple and google for um removing fortnite from the app stores so they allege anti competitive restraints and monopolistic practices in the mobile app marketplace and that move came alongside a very heavy handed pr blitz including a video asking players to join the fight from 2020 becoming 1984 now i mean aman do you, do you think they have a case against google here I honestly don't know but Google also removed them for their from their platform then I I'll tell you why so the reason I was wondering myself why Google re- removed uh, Fortnite from the Play Store because Google generally is not very strict about it they are very lax about these rules in general but what I realized is um they added a Epic direct payment option which was discounted so if you pay via Epic you won't have to pay any royalty and that's taken away from the user's cut So now what happens is if you want to pay via the Google API or the Apple API in either case you have to pay a higher fee than you would if you take the Epic payment option. Yeah, so but- because no so 
according to the terms of service if you de-incentivize people to like to use their uh, i don't know if de-incentivize is a word but i'll use it anyway if uh if the game or the app or any app tries to de-incentivize um people from using the apis that they have integrated that's a breach of the terms of service and they can remove the app apparently so at that at least is true for apple but i'm not sure about google's terms of service because they were very lax about it all the time so what i feel here the issue is that fair google did not want it on its app store but i don't see why google needs to have it on their app store they don't that's the only thing that's going for them because google can just come out and say that android is an open platform we don't recommend it but you can sideload apps on android apple does exactly. not have that case to make so i feel they don't have that much of a strong case against google whereas they have a very strong case against apple even even okay so when fortnite launched it was uh-huh. originally banned off the play store because there were some security breaches but yes. there were still other ways of getting the app it wasn't tough to get a hold of the application because there are so many other ways of downloading slash installing it side loading it basically exactly so and i think most of their battle is against apple because they see that apple is the one giant that everyone is going against at the like in the recent past you look at spotify and telegram and line doing a, a anti antitrust uh, lawsuit on them there was also xcloud being a problem last week and uh, we didn't know back then that we'll have so much to cover about them but turns out we do while the likes of spotify and telegram and line are still smaller companies in comparison epic is a giant and i feel like they have a lot of lot of things riding on this i feel part of this is just a pr move of course it is like i feel the you'll... whole google aspect of it is just pr i feel they were too ready for it they knew this was going to happen and they prepared for it just so it's a pr they had a 65 page legal document ready the day after it the fortnite the was after, removed it took hardly 2 hours exactly 65 pages of legal documentation ready in 2 hours of course they were ready for it and i feel they're just calling it on themselves see i find it a nice thing because apple gets to needs to open up and stuff but what i dislike about it it is that i see look at the bigger picture through the bigger picture it's still just in the android android slash apple basically mobile gaming envelope this does not extend towards the actual console gaming or slash pc gaming envelope if they would have done this in that i feel it would have been much more impactful for the la- bigger audience for the gaming community at large i think um pc gaming or even console gaming actually i can't say that about console gaming but i can about pc gaming that it is not very monopolistic that you can you have the choice between buying games from steam or epic or side loading them the way you want right yeah with consoles however that's not true but um so i think they probably will have a case if microsoft takes it out of the xbox showcase or something but i don't think that's happened so far so hear me out i have i have a way, i have a different controversial view on this okay so app yeah epic is shitting on google because uh, google is not allowing fortnite to be on their app store mhm why is epic doing that because epic does the same in the pc market okay explain there is nothing to explain borderlands 3 was on epic game store for the first 6 months of launch red dead redemption 2 was on epic game store for the first 3 months it's called a timed exclusive why are they pushing that i'm then going for this 
simultaneously well the thing about fortnite is the whole um the right now for them to have that much of a user base taken away because of google just taking it off the play store is kind of huge right so i don't think the battles are connected as such because the whole thing about marketing a timed exclusive is their attempt to try to take over sales from steam at the same time as when they launched fortnite they wanted it to be everywhere they made it for all the phones they made it for basically any kind of computers they made it for all the consoles and the switch so having it taken off the platform for reasons that are barely anything like the only thing you gain from purchases is skins the game is free they obviously could do without it i know that skins are a big part of the game and everything but they're still aesthetic you still play with your skills and you will probably just look better right and i think a big reason why i think it's just a pr blitz is because they made a video that was essentially a have you seen the apple 1984 video yeah so for the uninitiated the apple 1984 video was a rendition of uh, george orwell's 1984 where they tried to show that the bigger bad boys of the computer industry back then need to be taken down and in that case it was ibm they were going all guns blazing on ibm and trying to show that they were the new option the option for revolution and it was cool to be an apple person at the time to own apple at the time epic had just made a video with fortnite characters doing the same thing to apple this time showing them as the bad guys and you look back at apple's roots and they were the kind of company who would do stuff like this to gain popularity they were the controversial company at the time it's and the fact that surprises me is with this whole pr stunt is because they're calling for all their um they're calling for all their players to fight their war join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984 but the fact is all their most of their player base is very young so you essentially recruiting kids to fight against a corporate Let's how not, does that work i i feel we should not put it that plainly i mean it's definitely not as black and white as recruiting sure. 12 year olds it's not just like it's not saying 12 year olds but it is a younger audience so how like how is the younger audience supposed fair, to okay so fortnite fortnite is still pretty popular amongst like young adults like early 20s sure so i feel it's not just the young audience but whatever i don't find it a healthy thing to be recruiting people to go against something like apple like, i mean fair enough a, a child a 12 year old can be can be like dad i don't want the next iphone i want the next i don't know pixel phone i don't think it's just that it's just like one how do they create impact that i feel that is how they create impact they just take away sales by saying it's not available on, on this platform sure i guess it's a very weird battle right now because one i don't understand a lot of epic's rationale behind it beyond the basic and second i don't know how apple's going to get out of this without being slashed down because apple is a us based company and us the us government has in history known to break up monopolies they've done it with many industries before and i'm i won't be surprised if they want or try to do it again which could mean big things for people who like side loading apps on 
Android, Apple. but yeah, can't can't do it on an iPhone. Fair enough. I I find them just shooting up a. I mean, it is a good thing, but they could have done it in a different way. Is all I'm saying. True. Let's move to the next topic then. Let's look at Halo. So the biggest news this week was Halo getting postponed. This is right in the starting of the week, right after we discussed about how Halo is going to make change from their first trailer, and it will be ready until holiday 2020. and the day after that they say halo infinite release delayed until 2021 it's honestly not surprising at all i of i totally saw this coming because the because of the sheer amount of crap they got for the graphics mm-hmm. it's not something that can be changed within a few months that's true and i have a feeling they were bluffing when they said that this is just a dev build and is going to get a lot better obviously I it think- was pr Yeah, it was. It might be a little better, but I I think they have a lot of work to do. They definitely have a lot of work to do. And I don't think this is the first time. This is not nearly the first time this has happened in this. This, this is the year. year of delays. It was Last of Us Two. Okay, let's get started. Last of Us Two, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Dying Light Two. Dying Light Two is gonna come out when even twenty twenty one, and it's delayed again, right? I mean it was going to come out this year it got delayed to next year. Okay. Then there's Halo Infinite. Then there's Halo Infinite. And that's it might sound like a small number but it's actually very anom- anomalous because most of these game companies are really tight on their schedules because these schedules mean a lot of money to them. These are four of the biggest games of Dying of Light 1 was a hit. Yeah. And Halo you know, is always really- a hit. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I find really bizarre. They very a few days back they launched a Dying Light DLC. Oh yeah, the following, right? No, 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 not the following. It's a oh right, that was one. the old one. Yeah, the following is the old one, which really got the game going. But Dying Light recently got another DLC, which I feel I don't get how they just suddenly came up with it, or whether it was in production for a while. It's called. Are you Hell sure Rain. it's not uh, Hell Raid, right? Hell Rain, Hell Raid. Yeah, okay. my bad. I kind of have a feeling it's two different teams working on the two, like on Dying Light One and Two, or maybe Probably there's some segregation, is. which is why they have a DLC as well as a new game coming out. Hopefully, a new Probably game coming is. out. But my whole point being, my whole gripe with it is, this was originally when the new game was supposed to launch. I kind of have a feeling it's just bad timing. or just good timing maybe they did or, give out give some new content or maybe when they had wanted to launch dying light 2 they wanted some new content in the previous game as well that's fair but i don't get why they would do that it's it's kind of hard to tell really especially yeah. with like the kind of the kind of work that the teams put in before game launches it's surprising that uh, Firstly, it's not surprising that the pandemic is going to cause delays. So I really get it when games are delayed, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the teams will have to be segregated because it's it will be very baffling to me if the same team that's working on Dying Light Two managed to put out a DLC but not get the team on time, not get the new game on time. Then even Last of Us Part Two took quite a while. Like it was supposed to come out pretty early on, right? 
Yeah, it was before launching in June. In the year. I think it was early in the year. Yeah, June was when it actually launched. Yeah, it launched in June. Anyway, you know what did not get delayed this year? Uh, Factorio. Factorio, indeed. So Factorio launched after launched fully, might I add, after eight point five years of development and four years of early access, which was concurrent. But yeah. To put it in perspective, eight point five years of development. It started development in what? 2011-2012 which patch version it was patch it was 0.16 or 0.15 there was a huge ui overhaul no uh, i think 0.18 no 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 before that even before that there was a huge ui overhaul or oh, okay. huge the whole uh, new player experience was changed mm-hmm. because that was when i started getting into it so i i believe it was 0.15 or 0.16 don't quote me on that but yeah so it's it's kind of insane that this big of a game is finally going uh, so okay Like Tell launching me how... fully, and it's really nice, honestly. So answer two questions for me. One, a game like Factorio that launched in early access in 2016 and took multiple iterations and took a lot of user feedback over four years to launch now. How much of a new audience does it really have anymore? Like, has it? Is it not an old game already? I feel it has a bunch of scope to get to garner newer audience. For the sole purpose that it is a full launch now, people uh, a lot of people I know don't get into early access games because mm-hmm. of how like of the term early access. So I feel that way it can it can garner a lot of audience, but I feel it has a very strong user base behind it already. And I'm as okay. Tell me also tell me this: is it a game that can keep generating money for the company, or is it a one-time purchase and you're done? It's a one-time purchase. There is no microtransaction or whatever. Exactly. So the kind. So if you have say a million users over the four years of from 2016 to 2020, and you're saying there's not a lot of new scope for the market, uh, do they ex? Do you think they expect a lot of sales coming in? Now, I feel they do expect a lot of sale coming in because they're marketing marketing it currently. It is on the Steam homepage. Okay, Literally, that's I opened up Steam today morning, and what I saw was Factorio Factorio one point zero. Yes, and I don't know if if that isn't a good way to gather your market. I don't know what is. Hmm, that's fair. So my second question is that over the last four years that it had been in early access, they were taking a lot of user feedback and updating it very frequently. So by releasing it, are they insinuating that they won't do it anymore? or like has the game come to a point where it will only receive say six monthly or yearly updates so that is a very hotly debated topic right now whether people think uh, early access games are, have the early access to, like name or tag just because just because uh, they get continuous upgrades or updates 
or whether mm-hmm. because they don't want to show that this is the final product okay get it so it does not okay so let me draw a comparison i'll draw a comparison to terraria mhm it does not get it did not get frequent updates it got one big update every few years yes but that did not mean it did not get content updates and especially okay so i don't want to resort it to the modding community saying that the modding community will keep it alive but it really will that is a big additional part of factorio and games like factorio terraria satisfactory or whatever the modding community does keep it alive that's fair i'm just thinking what is in it like for the developers anymore i think it's kind of a way of saying that we are done with this game after the four years we've created a finished product and now we'll either move on to uh bigger content launches or just move on to a new game which i feel uh, okay so if they do move on to bigger content launches having one huge content patch every two years i i i do not mind that at all sure for a game like factorio which has so much playability in it sure yeah and it's been 9 years of development they probably do want a new game to work on and also that's also very fair like if the modding community is going to keep it alive considering how considering how proactive they are about the game i won't be surprised if they just leave the game as it is and let the modding community take over i don't want to it to ma- to market it like that but anyway i feel that's... well speaking of early access we have electronic arts with their early access service and and a I'm lot sorry, more what's electronic arts again Oh, uh, EA. Electronic Arts, right. EA. Of course. So EA everybody access, calls it Electronic Arts nowadays, huh? It's the new thing. Electronic Arts is the new EA. Or in fact, Electronic Arts is the new corporate shell. Of course, it's really not. Honestly, <laughs> they've been yeah. working pretty well for the consumers very recently, which I really like. Yeah, well, especially is, with the whole EA access coming to Steam. That's true. In fact, all EA games coming to Steam was a very nice move. It I just made I, me never want to go to the Origin store again. I uninstalled Origin that day. Same. I had no Origin games anyway, and after that day I decided I never needed to. I I had the free so, Battlefield 3 because it was nice. <laughs> so what uh news we have today is EA access is getting a revamp. and uh, not just ea access they say the ea access and origin access subscription game services will be getting a fresh new name and look starting august 18th which is just 3 days from the day of recording um okay do you know the difference between ea access and origin access i really don't that was my biggest gripe i feel they really should do this because i really don't know what the difference between the two are so ea access is only available on the consoles Okay. And it only has EA games in their service. It is basically a service where if you want to play EA games early and if you want to pay the like play them as a service, not own them but just get a subscription of their service, that's what you do. Origin Access on the other hand is only for PCs and it is um it contains games that are not just EA. So it is more like a game pass. The way Microsoft has it with multiple developers on it. It's kind of like that. Now, my question is: one, if they're going to combine both of these things together, and the way they are doing it is that EA Access and Origin Access Basic will become EA Play, 
and Origin Access Premiere will change to EA Play Pro. The difference between Basic and Premiere was just a difference in games. And uh, I guess another major difference between the two is the amount of discounts they provide to their other games. Yeah, I think it's a 10% membership discount on EA Access Basic, that's what I remember. Now my question is, like, does this mean Origin Access is now cross-platform? Because I have Origin Access, I used to own Origin Access for the PC, but it didn't ever work on my Xbox because Xbox never had the concept of Origin Access. They had EA Access. It And I never bought EA Access on the Xbox because I was not going to pay the same company twice for two different mediums. Obviously. I mean, people do that. It's called double dipping. Or yeah, and it doesn't like make sense. It like, this... I have a feeling it's kind of become it's going to going to become more confusing for some people who have who have the difference between the two mediums sorted out. But I feel it's going that to confusion become, is that that confusion is going to last until they properly announce what exactly maybe, yes. is happening. But I feel after like, that it's just much better for the consumer, honestly. Maybe yes, it is. Now. EA Access is basically, they're trying to say they're moving all the benefits to a single brand and they're trying to streamline their services as they say on their website. So I think they are insinuating that uh, you will get to play cross-platform or at least uh, transfer your subscription to every place even if you don't get to play cross-platform because let's face it, EA servers on a single platform are pretty bad. Uh, Now... The point is, EA Access does not have any other games from any other publishers. Origin Access does. That. If they combine the two services, do all of those games come to the uh, consoles or no? They I haven't answered any of that. I feel it's still like up for interpretation until they actually say something about it. Because at this point, I we mean, are just the launch is right on us. The launch is it quite is. right on us. So It is, but they haven't launched mm. the details yet. Well, might be a nice time to come up with the details because it's almost like two or three days away. and They don't need to prepare everybody with the details. They can. They might as well just have a press release on pre- August 18th and be like, okay, fine, so this is how it works. And everybody will be like, ah, okay, and cash in on 19th. Sure. So far, what they say is that you'll be able to get the same kind of things you got on both platforms. But they're just going to call it the same thing. And uh, people are approaching it with caution considering it's EA. And uh, it's kind of problematic whenever EA is involved in anything at this point for no reason. But let's see. Let's see indeed. Our next piece of news today is the announcement of the crisis announcement. How many of these have we had this year? So I feel if I'm not wrong, this is the sixth announcement related to crisis that we're having. The sixth announcement of the fact that a crisis might come. That a crisis remaster is on the shelf. Yes, it's on the cusp of arriving on the shelves. It's so... Why does crisis need a remaster? I know, right? It's, it was the like the epitome of graphical fidelity when it, when it came out. The, is but it trying to be that again? Is it going to be crisis RTX? It might just be and I do see the market for that. It will be the next... Can your PC run Crisis Remastered? But do they really want to develop a game or remaster a game just for a benchmark? Because, yeah, see, I mean, Crisis, as I remember, it was quite a story-based game, wasn't it? 
Okay, so Crisis 1 was a good game, Crisis 2 wasn't that good and Crisis 3 blew it out of the park. So I feel that try, just trying to get the masterpiece of what they created with Crisis 3 and get get some of it in Crisis 1, Crisis yeah. Remastered, which I feel is a perfectly fine thing to do because Crisis is an old game. Sure, it's not. And it lives up really well. It stands yeah, the best Crisis of time. Yeah, Crisis 1 launched in 2007. Yeah, it's not a very old game by any means. It does not look old for the most part. It could just be Crisis RTX. and I wouldn't mind that. I, I just won't be able to run it. Of course. <laughs> Talking about things that I can run easily, we have Civ 6 coming on Android. So this is a really nice launch because the Android market was pretty stale for RTS games, turn-based yeah. RTS games. I mean, that's a very small genre, but let's just say Android didn't have a lot of, um, like Top publishers tier. spending a lot of time spending, like spending a lot of time on games. It was very, this hack and aid put together quickly. Uh, and Civ 6 is a good move. It's also a game that fits really well on a mobile screen. Exactly. Like it and, makes sense. And I love their marketing scheme. What they're doing is they are providing 60 moves free. And 60 uh-huh. moves is a lot in a game like Civ. Because every turn is actually more than one move. Yeah, you can do uh, quite a lot of things in one turn and then call it a turn. Yeah. And So 60 moves is a lot. So is it 60 moves overall or is it 60 moves per game that you play and then there's unlimited games? It, it is 60 moves overall. Okay, that's not quite a lot, but that's fine. It's at least now, half an hour of content. Sure. But, okay, isn't Civ 6 pretty expensive though? Like, even on the PC, it was it's quite an expensive game, right? So the base game on the PC actually isn't that expensive. It's just the uh, DLCs which are ex- expensive. So what are they giving on the Play Store? Like, are they... Is it going to be priced the same way? Because in general, the Android market is very cheap for games. Even top tier games like um, even Rockstar games, when they pushed out on the mobile devices, they had to like strip down the price of the games quite a lot. So it's apparently a $20 game. Mm -hmm. So the base game is $20 and the further expansions are sold separately. Okay, that's going to be fun. So the Rise and Fall expansion is $30, Gathering Storm expansion is $40. I don't see people spending that much on it. People don't spend that much on their Steam games. They wait for a sale. And I kind of have a feeling that they'll have less users because of the price. But people would would like to play the demo. I feel people might as well buy the base game because $20 is still reasonable. I don't see them buying into the expansions. Sure. You know, I would love it if they just gave away more of the trial of the game to people who own Civ on uh, like maybe the PC. Because that would be a really nice move for the consumers and give the full game to a bunch of people. But then why do that when the people who own it are... Okay, so the community behind it is very passionate. I'm pretty sure at least... Extremely passionate. So at least half of the community will definitely buy into it on the mobile. That's fair. Maybe they're just riding on the wave of popularity they already have. Which is fine, but anti-consumer anti-consumer at the end. Sure, but if it earns them money, it's fine. And they are spreading out into newer audiences, which is, in one way, it is pretty nice. Okay, okay. I have another uh-huh. uh, point on this. 
do you know when civilization 6 launched i don't remember actually so civilization 6 launched in 2016 okay yeah so it kind they... of looks about a 2016 game yeah are they milking it too much i don't think so because okay, even because the i think civilization civ 5 was quite an old game it was yeah, and civ- it has fared really well for the, for the time Uh, I think one thing is that they're not milking it too much because they one have come out with a bunch of good DLCs. That's actually very fair. Two, most people expect the Civ, like the Civilization series, to take about five or six years, and they are. So yeah, on every their game does take right about now. five or six years. So I'm not surprised that it's lasted about this long, and okay, the community is still loving the game, and they still like that uh, it's getting new content every now and then. So. they're not bored of it yet but it is approaching the end maybe it is definitely approaching the end then again like epic games like it did go free on epic games recently so yeah i feel they're they're towards the end of their life cycle maybe we'll see some civ 7 news soon hopefully hopefully yes okay so our next piece of news uh and this is something we should have covered earlier in fact we should have and this is extremely close to my heart right now alan wake might be coming back i'm just kidding it's it's a dlc it's a dlc for a remedy game the and DLC the first 15 control, minutes guys. yes don't get hyped not yet it's called the alan wake expansion and uh, they on august 27th is going to see the first 15 minutes actually no on august 13th we saw the first 15 minutes of the alan wake expansion and it's going to release on august 27th can we resort to calling it the control expansion that is alan wake instead mm, of they call it, it the alan, alan wake, wake expansion. expansion everywhere like you look That's at their just... posters and it's just alan wake expansion with control little right at the top and with a really small font it's they're trying to push the fact that it's uh, an alan wake yeah, expansion that that's really scummy but i mean if it works i guess i mean the okay. I have one All, question, Amand. Okay. Do we hear points of the fall again? They have kind of got into trouble because of it, but ah, I hope we do. <laughs> I hope we yeah. do. I hope we do indeed. The remedy lost a lot of money over DRM rights. Yeah, they did. Didn't they? So I would I love have them to have stick a. To... Although I will love them to like sorting it out and then having at least one points of the fall track in the expansion. That's true. That would that would be very nice. That would be a like just buy the rights and get us one song. Yeah, it's not costly. Please remedy. Come on now. Okay. Uh, the AWE does not stand for Alan Wake Expansion, but they're just calling it that everywhere. It's actually Altered World Events or Supernatural Happenings. Nice. So it's just one of like colloquially called the Alan Wake Expansion. It just fits really well, huh? It does fit really, really well. It works out for the marketing, basically. I mean, a holy lot. shit, like... isn't that going to get them a crap <laughs> ton of marketing? That it. I is. haven't played Control. I haven't played Quantum Break, but I played Alan Wake. I might as well play it again. Alan Wake is like an amazing game, and honestly, I think Remedy also loves Alan Wake a lot because it all like got them started off. Indeed, and it was. I feel yeah. when it started off, it was a pretty niche game. 
it it is a sleeper hit it didn't become really famous until yeah. quite a while and it lost a lot of money also but the story was still very strong like it's one of those games where it is story um, focused let's not beat around yeah much. yeah it's very story focused and it it's kind of was one of those games like they tried to make a sequel to it but they could like microsoft did not allow for it microsoft um yeah they tried to make a sequel for alan wake because of the fact that they loved the game that much in like 2012 uh but uh microsoft as they do decided that they didn't want a game that was completely offline as they were doing at the time and uh, so they resorted to making quantum break instead so as a spiritual successor they call like they wanted to make a game that told stories in the same way and remedy has been doing that in like quite the same manner for a bunch of their games in fact there is news for a new remedy game next year and that game uh is in the alan wake universe i mean it is supposed to be in the control alan wake universe i don't know how much they're actually overlapping the two okay actually i have one question before we move on how do you play the uh-huh. quantum break uh i have only played very little okay like i've only so played I'm... like the first 20 minutes of gameplay i see have you played control i have not i'm going to pick it up right now okay so what were your thoughts on the bullet sponginess of quantum break it was lack last year but alan wake wasn't known for its combat either so i didn't expect too good combat out of remedy okay so what i feel was quantum break had really good combat but it really mm-hmm. lacked in the bullet sponginess it the time to kill of people was insane you had to keep like empty magazines in one yeah. person just to shoot yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was what really put me off of quantum break they did kind of the same thing with control it's better uh-huh. definitely but it's still kind of bullet spongy so i really hope they actually improve on that aspect of it this should not become the division <laughs> of course okay you needing to empty a whole lmg in one person to kill him off yeah like quantum break was not really meant for its combat right it was meant for like showing off kind of a tv show but inside a game yeah quantum break was more, more of an uh, cinematic. cinematic action game yeah right so i have a feeling that they are better at telling those stories and they don't like prioritize the action enough fair enough it is there i mean it is what they do so it's fine okay and with this we have rainbow six siege coming out with operation shadow legacy now i know i play a lot of r6 and uh, the only reason why we are covering this is not because i am biased towards it let's face it i am uh but because sam fisher of splinter cell fame crossovers into the r6 world with this expansion and uh, where reveal trailer was a few days ago where they revealed that sam fisher will be a part will be a new operator in the game and he'll have his own abilities and everything and they really tried to milk it uh with the splinter cell audience where they said that this is the new crossover that you all were asking for well the problem is one people pointed out the number of inaccuracies they found in the depiction of sam fisher one he was not even voiced by the same voice actor two people wanted a new splinter cell game not just an expansion on r6 and yeah i three, see them adding sam fisher as an operator is just testing the patience of splinter cell 
the, of the fans of Splinter Cell. It's like they have acknowledged that they want Splinter Cell, yet they're just porting Sam Fisher to R6 or R6, so that they need to do lesser work. I feel this is a very bitch move. But then again, I, I mean, was mu- I'm much more of a Splinter Cell fan than I am a R6 fan, so that's my biased opinion for you. I think they have done this before, right? They've Absolutely. done it in... Um, they've put Sam Fisher in Ghost Recon Wildlands as well. Ah, yes, that was a thing. I mean, okay, in, so I feel... Uh-huh. I feel Ghost Recon is the spiritual successor for Splinter Cell. Sure. Sure. But, but I still find it very but, lacking in that aspect. Yeah, like, it was not meant... If they wanted to make a Splinter Cell game, it was not like the Splinter Cell series had died out. They could just make a Splinter Cell game. Now what they're trying to do is that they're making new games and that's okay. You can make new games. It's you're a studio. But if you want to appease new fans, come out with good content that will get you those fans again. Not just put old content back in new games, right? Yeah, that's it's really it's annoying. Like if GTA 6 tried to make a new game of itself and just had random appearances of CJ... That would, sure, be cool, but at some point you want to see new content, right? So at that point, you want to be marketing GTA 5, GTA 6 as featuring CJ from GTA San Andreas. Yes. You'll have it there as an Easter egg, which is a very different Exactly. Thing. Hear me out. Okay, so Destiny does a, a very similar thing, Destiny 2. What they do is, uh-huh. when they feel like it, they bring back content from the Destiny 1, which is basically exotic weapons, which are the top tier weapons of the game. Uh-huh. Which is very well appreciated, but not but because they marketed where... as Yeah. Not because they marketed as Destiny coming to Destiny 2. Exactly. And it's one of those things where you might find a weapon that is a Destiny 1 weapon, and if you know that context, you'll be happy to find it because you found a developer like a level upper's Easter egg. That's a different thing altogether, right? Yeah, it is. Here... And because the base game is the same, the thing you do in the game is basically the same. But in this, this is very different from what Splinter Cell was. Exactly. And the fact is, Michael Ironside, who played the the actor who played Fisher in all the Splinter Cell games except Blacklist, he's not voicing him anymore, which is like, it's the least you could do, right? If you're going to show off Sam Fisher, who was very well voiced as this one guy, as this one guy, and then you don't put him. And because... The weird thing is, it's not like after 2013, he was never there. He also did the voice acting for Ghost Recon Wildlands. I feel they might have had a contract fallout. Maybe, yes. But it might sound like nitpicking, but the fact is, people want, like, people are tested by the fact that um, they want a new Splinter Cell game. They want things from Assassin's Creed that like Ubisoft is not giving them and it's just weird like Ubisoft has a tendency to not listen to their fans as much and just try to give them other things to appease them because I have a feeling that if they've uh, introduced Sam Fisher on one side and on the other side they fixed the bug where drones can't find bombs it took five years to fix that issue but they finally fixed the one of the very stupid flaws of the game Are we done for the news of the week then? Yep, that's it for this episode. We'll have more news for you next week. Same time next week, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully indeed. See ya.
拜拜。